Jake, can you talk again? No. Damn. <laughs> <sighs> Welcome to Super Duper Stitious. The para <laughs> normal pod cast about the signs of the strange. I'm Jake. <laughs> and I'm Wyatt. And we are back once again coming to you. I was about to say live. If you're somehow listening to us as we record, then it is very live. <laughs> and that is very exciting and troubling. Um, but coming yeah. <laughs> uh, live to tape from Four Phantoms HQ. We are in Four Phantoms HQ indeed. We are inside the belly of the beast, the uh, the Omega and the Alpha in <laughs> respective order. <laughs> the home of the tube, time, yeast, liquid, <laughs> and heavy metal. <laughs> what does that get you? And we are here with it gets beer. its founder, some would say CEO, president, and uh, chief of house, Drew. Nice to be with you guys tonight. And also with you. <laughs> but yeah, we're very happy to, uh, to get to be here, to get to share some time with uh, perhaps the closest friend of the show. <laughs> Maybe the only friend of the show. <laughs> perhaps the only friend of the show. <laughs> Been, uh, been ride or die for you guys. It's true. Yes. So if you're listening for the first time, we should probably back up. This is a show where we usually talk about spooky things and unexplained things from a scientific perspective. <laughs> it's October, which is a month full of spooky things. We want to change it up from the rest of the year. So we bring on cool people to talk about whatever the fuck. Uh, and for the last, like, almost three years, we've had an official beer sponsor, which is Four Phantoms. And Drew, you are that. And here we are. And I think everyone's caught up. Let's go. So as Jake said, and yeah, I mean, I think we'll see you guys next week. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else there is to say. Oh, wait. So Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we not? Are we not talking about spooky shit tonight? We, what the fuck well, you want. we didn't plan anything for this. We we're just like, hey, let's talk we, to Drew. We planned absolutely nothing. We figured we could talk about some of the spookiest shit of all, which is starting a business called a brewery. Ooh, yeah. Um, if anybody wants to buy a brewery, um, I know a good little place in Western Mass. A groovy yeah. place. Great, great price. Built-in customers. <laughs> yeah. Can be yours. Can, this, is, can uh, be yours. this is shocking news. Uh, to my young ears, Drew, are you telling us that Four Phantoms is for sale? Do you hate sleeping? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you hate having good mental health? That's what this show is all about. <laughs> Sounds like you want to start your own business. Ah, I see. <laughs> if you hate both of those things, starting a business is for you. This is the way to go. <laughs> well, it's funny because I see here what looks to be a ton of automated brewing equipment. Yes. On a series of what appear to be like steampunk type <laughs> gadgets and timers and things. Oh, my little, yeah, my little steam bots. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't, you, you may hear some puttering around and some off gassing in the background during this episode. I hope your audience doesn't mind that too much. Those are my little steam robots. I see. Yeah, I think actually, I'm the one I, who has to mind that, not the audience. <laughs> Yeah, I take back everything I just said. Actually, I just, I have a massive staff that just does everything for me. And right. I, I mostly get foot massages. See, that's what I figured. I eat a lot of candy. Just get my feet rubbed. Somewhat questionable yeah, health. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, yeah, that's because of the candy, not in the business. I see, I see. 
Yeah, just foot rubs and candy. That's foot pretty rubs much. And candy. So everybody, you know, you should all go out and start your own business if you love foot rubs and candy. It's essentially the American dream. It is pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So before you made your stacks on stacks on stacks, hustling. Why? 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 <laughs> why any of this? Um, why are we here right now? Yeah. Yeah. So we, in earnest, we we started this company. My wife and I, um, hoping to avoid some of the really exploitative hiring and payroll practices and that are sort of like in this industry and it sucks it's a you know front of house or whether you're in production or no matter what you're doing people just sort of like come to this like beer and brewing with the idea that like it's fun nonstop from start to finish and you should be grateful that like you're given an opportunity to do it and that you're paid anything at all mm-hmm. so we wanted to create more of like a community-based tavern and you know pay our staff what they deserve to be paid um, give back to the community make sure that we're supporting organizations um, around here so uh, tapestry health is one we've been supporting from day one they're a community care organization you know, safe space to go if you're dealing with addiction, mental health crisis. Mm, mm. Um, they operate a needle exchange in the Valley. Um, mm. Great organization. Franklin Land Trust is another organization that we partnered with um, just recently. But things like that, trying to create community and, and positivity and also beer. That is super cool. We will have to update our plug to include these other things <laughs> yeah we um so we i brew- see you have tubes full of uh community positivity <laughs> that's right yeah so we we breed the community positivity uh breed it. <laughs> um, bacteria in our in our lab in the back um and release it to the unsuspecting greenfield population <laughs> uh that's awesome so you started four phantoms in 20 20- 20, 2019? When, when did the actual beginning of this happen? So I <laughs> I had my leg exploded at a death metal show when I was brewing in Portland. I worked at a venue called the Crystal Ballroom. That's a really a intense sentence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and one of the benefits of that job was I got to go to see lots of really awesome shows. Um, and Suffocation, a couple bands called Suffocation and uh, Cattle Decapitation came through. <laughs> Does that mean that there were multiple bands by both of those names? <laughs> That's correct, yeah. And it was a great, great time. Uh, ended up having my leg exploded at that show, so I had lots of time um, all hopped up on the pain pills that they give you. To- I have to ask, because you've said it twice. What does it mean to have your leg exploded? <laughs> so this is... Uh, <laughs> It, it wasn't a particularly like rowdy show. It was just a very slick floor. So two large slick as in cool. Yeah, real slick. Man, <laughs> slick floor. <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh, two large metal dudes. Robots. Yeah, there was no <laughs> there was no actual like crazy pit or anything going on it was just two large men shoving each other uh and one of them was shoved into me oh god that guy planted his foot on my foot and so when all three of us went over my legs stayed planted on the floor which made my tibia and fibia explode oh (laughs) was not a hairline fracture entire head of hair fracture yeah so if you think about like snapping a bamboo uh, 
uh, in half. It kind of, my bones looked like that. Oh! <laughs> um, so I was, uh, needless to say, laid up and out of work for a minute. Um, wait, wait, your legs literally like snapped in half? <laughs> my God, what? It was gross. It was really gross. Um, so was laid up, had some time to write a business plan, knew I wanted to get out of um, sort of the work that I was doing for another company, wanted to strike out on my own and and sort of like see this thing through. And yeah, had a lot of time to to think about it and write that business plan while <sighs> laid the fuck up with a broken ass leg. No kidding. Yeah, and so while that was going on, um, there was an opening for a cider maker position with a cidery here artifact. Um, took that job. Um, yeah, did that for a couple of years and until we were ready to to get this sort of brick and mortar going. Wow. But yeah, it's been been great. We have a cool, cool little community going on around here. We sponsored RPM Fest, which is the big heavy metal fest just recently. Um, that was a cool, whole, huge thing. But yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a ride. That is awesome. So the four phantoms, what are they? Who are they <laughs> and where can we find them? Yeah, so the name um, is sort of a nod to the the passing of seasons um, in that sort of way where you get like at the end of winter, you you don't remember how miserable you were during the like dog days of summer. All you can think about is sort of like sunshine and, and it's like if you're like me and you become really obsessed with the weather and like what's going on and it affects you <laughs> immensely emotionally. I see you have this 35 foot tall astrolabe, much like right. Agra <laughs> from the dark crystal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We can do some, uh, some weird sorcery shit after we stop recording tonight. Ooh. Wyatt. Um, but yeah, uh, like it feels like sometimes like summer never, ever happened. Like it's been winter your entire life. Um, and to me, like four phantoms was sort of like thinking about these seasons is like passing. They're almost like by the time you get to the next season, the previous season was like this sort of like, oh, yeah. like a little bit of like a haunting, like it's so it's such a ephemeral thing. You have memories of it, but they're, they're all sort of like also congealed and like every year you've experienced fall kind of like melds into this uh-huh. thing. And every time you experience it, it's like. A little bit like being haunted by it again. Yeah. You know? uh, oh, I like that very especially much. Like, so in, in factoring that into beer, it's especially in the United States is such a seasonally tied Offering. thing that we drink. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, light beers when you're sitting on the beach and, um, and things like that. And then um, a lot of people just turn to dark beers during the cold months and things like that. It's such a uh, and even like culturally. um it is it is so tied to the seasons. Um, you know, you think about Marzen's and Oktoberfests in the German brewing tradition. Like those were literally beers engineered to follow a season, mm. follow you know festivals and you know the celebration of harvests and things like that. Um, so we really wanted to like tap into that with our, our brewing philosophy, right? Oh, damn it! I walked <laughs> right into that one, just oh. barreling forward. <sighs> Oof, golly. <laughs> I, I should I should go. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but yeah, all of these beers that are sort of like 
in that vein generally have pretty humble origins. Um, brewing, I'm giving a talk on this. So um, uh, for Franklin County Cider Days, which in our area um, is a celebration of all of our orchards, oh, cool. uh, apple culture, cider making um, that happens every the first weekend every November. So I have a, a beer called Old Gods, which we co-fermented with beer. Um, so it's half Macintosh apple juice, unpasteurized, <laughs> Uh, wild fermented with a, a beer that my um, my friend Sam and I made Whoa. Um, as like Hot. a sati style that sounds beer. Amazing. So we mashed in on birch branches that we collected. So no no intentional inoculation with like lab yeast or anything. Whoa. The only thing that fermented uh, this beer were the culture that like is in the apple itself, which is if if anyone wants to go on like a nerdier deep dive includes uh lactobacillus oniococcus Britannomyces, and then several strains of like saccharomyces yeast and of course community positivity and community positivity mind <laughs> virus um but yeah so um just talking about the the talk that i'm giving for cider days is going to be about folk traditions and brewing and how like putting beers in different categories and having like style guidelines and all this shit is really just the result of, you know, the industrialization of everything. I see. Um, and you know, uh, monetization and, and capitalism essentially. Woof. None of these beer styles really existed until the, the sort of like mass production of beer outside the home huh. and the, the like, yeah. So damn, it was just sort of hmm. like every every brewery had its own personality, and it wasn't until very, very much later that, you know, beer writers collected them into styles. Wow. One of the coolest traditions from the, um, the Baltic Peninsula is capturing your brewing yeast and all that bacteria and all those microorganisms inside of wood what wood Ooh. like wooden wooden o's or like a big long stick um and so you'd hang that on a tree um and when you were ready to inoculate your next batch you just threw that fucker in the tank whoa and then when it was done pulled it out hung it back on the tree to dry out and so like what we know is that microorganisms like that can bury themselves in the wood grain. Uh -huh. And so that was anytime you needed to, to, to pitch in a new batch, you just threw the wood in there and all the little micro fuckers would come out <laughs> through the, uh, <laughs> this was before the invention of the, uh, positivity mind virus, I was gonna say. Right? but you know, it's the, the same thing still applies. But Hey, look, see, still, still a science podcast. Yeah. yeah. Still science. <laughs> there you go. I was going to ask if people ever, can you get terribly sick? By doing this, or does this select for the good stuff? Yes. So one of the coolest things, and um, we know it was actually in uh, modern-day Iran, um, a sample of pottery was found, and it's like the first known sort of like thing that we can reasonably sort of prove was the first thing that we have that says that like someone was intentionally making beer in this vessel. Whoa. Like it wasn't just random it was like this vessel was definitely... This was like an active controlled culture. Exactly. Um, and so Damn. yeast and um, anaerobic bacteria, the, the fucking cool thing about yeast is that it's aerobic until it's not. So hmm. it consumes and strips all of the oxygen out of solution um, so that things like acetobacter, E. coli, and things like that can't, like cannot thrive huh. in solution. So if you have a healthy pitch of Saccharomyces or Britannomyces, it will, in under, you know, 
10 to 18 hours completely strip all of the oxygen Whoa. out wow. of a, you know, a sealed vessel. Um, the other advantage to that is that it forms a very thick croison on top. What's so that? If, you're using, if you're using an open vessel, what that means is that this is like a thick, basically like pancake mm. that a yeast will create on top of the solution. Is that kind of like a SCOBY? Exactly. So that um, other microorganisms cannot enter the solution and compete with them for the food source. Wow. And then lactobacillus and oniococcus and pediococcus, um, depending on what kind of thing you're trying to make, mm-hmm. are also anaerobic and so need and are also like very beneficial to us and like are harmless. That's so They're cool. They're just acid producing bacteria. So in the same way that, you know, I like to think of it in the same way as like our relationship with dogs and canines, canids, um, and the way that they were domesticated, hmm. it was a, a massive benefit that they gave us and we gave them. We keep feeding them generation after generation after generation and, and make them healthier by that. And then they in turn give us this wonderful thing called beer in terms of dogs. Oh, we're oh. in love. <laughs> I do have my dog. I turned he had me thrown for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a mutually sort of symbiotic beneficial relationship that we have with these microorganisms, which is like really fucking mind blowing. If you it's think amazing, about it. yeah, because you, especially back in the day before, you know, Louis Pasteur got up to do his thing. Like no one knew what these things were in solution, except a vague idea of like, if I take a bucket of this shit and throw it in this <laughs> tank, eventually it will become beer you know it's a much more mystical uh, experience though yeah and thinking about the fact that we have no like like with a dog they're another mammal you know you can train them like you know you can literally like lock eyes with a dog you can see a dog you can't really see microorganisms but in this other way we're like yeah communicating it's like a whole nother universe yeah we're signaling to them as brewers as you know Anybody who's making kombucha, things like that, you're you're sending signals to them, and you're you're modifying the environment to get the outcome that you want. In the same way, like you give a dog a treat to do a trick, right? Attack I mailman. Give, I give <laughs> I give my yeast two hundred gallons of sugar water, <laughs> <laughs> and they get me drunk. I like that. Yeah, yeah. who saved who? Right? Yeah, who saved, who drank who? <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Sure, hope it's not the other way. That'd be frightening. <laughs> That's cool. It kind of does make me think too of like the, uh, you know, garden vegetables, almost domesticating humans in a way. Like who's actually playing the game? Who's more sneakily? Who? Yeah, you know what I mean. But in a way, why can't it be both ways? Like you're saying, it's a mutual, mutual thing through and through. Yeah. But let's let's jump um, forward in time a little bit. We're talking about the uh, you know the invention of beer and stuff and all this the cool domestication of these different fungi and other microbes. Let's jump way forward in time to I think it was February 2020. I'm uh, at uh, St. Paul City School where I used to do after school programs for the children's teaching them science. I get an email that says, "Hey, you guys need a beer sponsor." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so how how did that come to pass? To, to put it in a little bit of perspective, when you work in a brewery or any kind of like alcohol manufacturing place and you're working in the production team, you have a lot of time by yourself doing super repetitive, menial, sort of like hard labor tasks. And what that means is that I feel like 
per capita production kids in this industry are probably the largest consumers of audiobooks and podcasts ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the planet. I can agree. I was at the same time, I was working part-time for the Science Museum of Minnesota doing the after-school thing, and most of my time was in a warehouse for a menswear company just uh, putting shirts in boxes and stuff. So I listened to more podcasts in that time frame than I have in my entire life put together. Yeah, any anyone who does a job like that and you have uh, at least a, a cool working environment where they let you sort of like put one earbud in and at least like not want to you know, bang your head against a wall because you have something to listen to. Right. Um, so my, my coworker had hung out with Wyatt. Um, yeah, Casey had met Wyatt. Um, she was our, like, warehouse logistics manager. Um, hung out with Wyatt, came back and was like, oh, man, like, I just... This ding-dong. I just met this giant asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but he sounds like he might have <laughs> a cool jag podcast. Yeah. jag-off. <laughs> Um, but he has this podcast about like where they break down like scientific explanations behind Reddit stories. (laughs) Hey, 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 don't, don't tell him how the sausage is made. Sometimes Um, we have more time to do real work. Yeah. So she was like really stoked on the super duper stitious podcast. And so I, I had a big night where I had to rack. I had to fill something like 138 kegs one night, and I think I by hand. Yeah, and you guys, (laughs) I don't even know if you were up to your 100th episode. You guys would know better than that, but I blew through most of your catalog that night. Wow! Um, Didn't leave the facility until like midnight. It was one of those days, and just like binged that whole thing. And we were, you know, we had just gotten, um, you know, the brand going and, and things like that. And I was like, well, this is fucking perfect. Like science spooky. Like (laughs) that's my jam. Like, I love this. Like, and, uh, kind of a no brainer to, to see if I could, you know, see if we could put some a hundred billion dollars behind you guys and see (laughs) what you did. And I see that you've squandered it. Well, technically, we have about ninety-nine billion nine hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars to go. All of those billions of dollars I've spent. Um, yeah, no, it was just a, it was a really cool way. I thought what you guys were doing was was super cool. It was hilarious, um, and it was just really neat to like to for you to break down the science behind a lot of those things in a way that, you know, I learned a lot, especially from those early episodes, the, the biology, you know, things that you guys would deep dive into was super cool. And yeah, I thought it was a, it was a really funny, but also very important, you know, uh, thing for people to listen to. So I really wanted to support it. Well, nothing has validated our shit harder. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of validating shit, how many conversions have you gotten from these ads we've been doing? How many conversions have you received from us uh, doing doing whatever this is? Oh, you mean how many dollars in the can? Yeah. (laughs) How many people have actually come to four fans because we told them to? Actually, surprisingly, like quite a few. What? Yeah. And this is what I keep telling you guys is you need to do a live recording here at some point that we can like... But because I, I do feel like you have, like, you know, a pretty, like, local following here 
So it'd be neat. Yeah, we originally Johnny Appleseeded all the seacoast of New Hampshire with uh, business cards. So that's where a lot of our listeners came from, just finding our cards around. Like, who the fuck is? Well, let's see what this is. And and they did actually like it. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll have to set something up. Oh, maybe, my God. Maybe next October? Maybe next October, guys? What do you think? Ooh, spooky. That could be a perfect spooktacular crescendo. Assuming yeah, you I, haven't I sold the, the brewery to someone else. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is take that money and open up, a, like, a, just a hard seltzery uh, with a lazy <laughs> river um, that goes around it. <laughs> Made of seltzer, A lazy river hard seltzer. Mm. Yep. No one take that idea. It's my idea. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Lazy River, hard seltzery. I'm going to open it up. I see Jake furiously writing notes. Near the near the beach here in Western Mass. <laughs> yeah. The old Western Mass beach. Yeah. <laughs> open it up in the, 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 lore, the lovely orange coastline. What, what would you call a hard seltzer company if you had one? I give up. <laughs> I give up hard seltzer company. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Never try. Never hard try. Seltzer. Um, but no, I, the one episode that I remember that really blew my mind was when you guys talked about how, like, it's scientifically impossible for there to be, like, giant man-eating spiders. Oh, because, yeah. Because, like... Their bodies would collapse. Because their bodies would collapse. They'd like, like suffocate. Yeah. Yeah, they can't that breathe. Was, that episode really stuck with me. I was like, fuck, man, I never knew that. Never, ever knew that. That was like. It's deeply relieving. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why all the big old bugs were back during the Carboniferous era when we had a shitload more oxygen. It supported exactly. stuff bigger. Hawk sized dragonflies. Smaller trachea <laughs> required. Ah, the chiller has returned to its chiller, slumber. Chiller, yeah. Can you hear me still then? Is that better for the hearing of me? Yes, it's much better for the hearing of you. Great. Which is uh, also the title of a song I'm working on. Um, <laughs> much better for the hearing of you. <laughs> Don't you? No one's supposed to know the lyrics. Oh, wait. <laughs> I guess them from the title. Oh, damn it. Got to work on that. Yep. Um, well, let's see. Let's do pander. Guys, want to do pander? Yeah, let's pander. You okay. want to pander with us real quick? Can I pee first? Oh, yeah. We can yeah. absolutely okay. pee. Why don't you guys pander? We'll, we'll pander while you pee. All right. Okay. Sounds good. I don't want to have anything to do with that fucking machine. No? Oh, he's smart. All right. That so is Drew, a wise move to... I see it through the windows. <laughs> Drew, yeah, Drew has already seen kind of clawing the, at the NCAA device arriving. Why? Tell him about the machine. Yeah, the machine, which is currently... I guess you could say forcing its way into the building, uh -huh. is the NCAA device. This is an ancient computer type thing that Jake and I slash built some summoned or something or other. <laughs> Just put the slash wherever. It doesn't <laughs> Wait, matter. Doesn't matter. Um, which we use for various features on this show, uh, but f you know, primarily to run the pander function, which stands for the patron appreciation neural dive for evaluation of risk, which does just what it sounds like. We tap into the dark ether and obviously assess which cryptids, creatures, uh, monsters, spookies, ghoulies, uh, frightenings, or otherwise dangerous things <laughs> frightenings. Uh, our patrons need to be on the lookout for. <laughs> so what we do is we'll flip it on here. There it goes. We're going to plug these tendrils slash cables into the backs of our skulls. Ah. And now we can focus in on our first patron, who is... Sarah, Sarah M. M from Situate, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Sarah, 
Watch your ass out for Lembuswana. It's a legendary creature appearing in Kutai mythology of Indonesia. It is described as being a lion-headed horse with an adorned crown, having an elephant-like wow. trunk, a pair of Garuda wings, and fish-like scales. Your classic oh chimera. Gracious. Sarah, if you're ever near the uh, Mahakam River, what the? And the vehicle of Mulawarman. Wait. I don't know. <laughs> it's the ve- it, it is the guardian of the river, and it is the vehicle. Oh, it's a steed. Yeah, so wait. If you're ever near the Mahakam River or see Mulawarman chugging by, you will know to just turn around and walk the other way. As apparently, Limboswana is the vehicle of Mulawarman, king of the Thai kingdom. About 1500 years ago. So being it, alive 1500 years ago. So if you see those things, it means you are 1500 years in the past. I think it's the main thing you have to worry about is suddenly being transported so far into the past. But also, uh, oh boy, I had a lot to drink already. What else to say? I know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm clocked. <laughs> um,. It's just if it's a creature with too many different animal parts, it's just a goofy chimera. Just, just don't go outside, probably, and you'll be it's fine. It's like if Dr. Seuss sneezed. So. Yeah, exactly. If you see something with just everything wrong, uh, that's bad, and you shouldn't. And thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We we truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, I can feel the uh, tendrils digging deeper into my skull. Yes. Now we're going to focus on. Anthony, Anthony O, o. a.k.a. Bamphony from Appleton, Appleton Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Bamphony, you gotta watch out for... I am uh, Napa, Napa sea, sea Monster. Wow. It's from the coast of, uh, off the coast of Cyprus, a popular tourist resort on the Mediterranean. Um, <laughs> so... If you go to resorts there, you there's monsters you gotta watch out for. However, I will say, its name also can mean the friendly monster. So, as we sometimes say in the show, looking out for a thing doesn't mean you need to avoid it. It may mean to keep an eye out for it because you need to find it. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. It's got a lot of different heads, and it might be your best friend. You just haven't met yet. Or at least some of the heads may be your friend. This is true. The other ones, they may not all get along. And that's part of just the work of maintaining a relationship. Yeah. It takes effort. And as much as there is no evidence that the monster exists except in folklore, it has been speculated to be something like a crocodile or serpent. <laughs> a search of the monster was featured on Destination Truth. <laughs> uh, the hope of spotting the Ayanapa sea monster remains a highlight for many tourists on boating day trips. Uh, but most likely, if you take a boating day trip, you will find it because it's going to be your best friend and it's good. And you'll thank us and we'll thank you for supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> Uh, if you yourself would like to join... Not Banffany, everyone else. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're done with you, Banffany. <laughs> Sorry, you're, thank you, but you're yeah, done. Love you forever. Goodbye. Forever. <laughs> if you would like to have similarly fleeting affection heaped upon you, uh, My, you can achieve Confusingly by us. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you, you may receive this at any of our tiers on Patreon. We got three of them. They're different amounts of money. They all have fun things. You can get some cool bonus audio stuff, like just bonus content, which we are making. So, okay. Listen, guys. We listen, haven't had listen, any... Guys, we wait, haven't don't had, go. Come back. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> listen, when I talk to you, we will have some bonus <laughs> mini-sodes this month. So, there's a bunch of bonus content 
I got it. I, just, I was in Ireland for a week and a half. I just got back this week. I'm going to edit it. I promise, guys. I promise. Uh, but a lot of bonus content, fun stuff, good stuff. And then also, uh, um, what else? Shit, what else? Oh, you could, yeah, th- this. Oh, no. Outtakes. Oh, no. <laughs> Why talk? I can't. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying I, I can't talk. You need to do it for oh, me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I thought you were like, my audio broke. But instead, your brain broke. So you have bonus minisodes, uh, outtakes that Jake so very carefully excises from episodes just like this one, <laughs> where I'm sure uh, many minutes of wild babbling will be, uh, you know, ghosted away as though never in the room. But you can <laughs> actually hear them. And we have... Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where I got lost too. There are um, discounts on merch. You can have access to our Discord. There may be a Discord movie watch along this month. What? When are they doing that? I'm terrible. We haven't scheduled it yet. It's something that uh, um, was brought up recently by Audrey, and uh, we got to do it. And I haven't made it possible yet. I got to just click a couple of things. I just haven't gotten around to it. Let's guys. do but it. Well, Should we record something around that? I don't fucking know. We got to figure out when we're gonna, when we're available. But yes, that'd be gotta cool. Got to make that tent. Yes, uh, and there's merch discounts. I may have already said that. Uh, I don't know. Let's unplug this thing. It's getting hot. Okay, let's take him out. There we go. Okay, it's done. Okay. Anyway, well, uh, I think it's safe to come back in. Oh, there's Drew. Cool. So you're a dork, right? Is this right? You're a dork. Yeah. Yeah. You explain what the four fandoms are. How did the Dungeons and Dragons part come into play? Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> the the artist who does the vast majority of our labels, uh, Danny McKeegan, was part of this D and D group that was just a bunch of. Portland, Oregon area beer industry people. Um, and we had a long running campaign going that he was a part of. And while not a beer producer himself was an enthusiastic consumer, consumer of beers um, <laughs> and also an incredibly talented artist. Um, so he and I, you know, when, when we were starting to get the the idea of the business plan, all the stuff off the ground for this. Um, I went to him and we started brainstorming, you know, like visual aspects of like, how do we, you know, kind of create this like feel we know we want to have this fantasy kind of, you know, escapism mm-hmm. um, kind of aspect to the thing. And, you know, that was really exciting to, to have someone like Danny to turn to, to take all of these ideas and make them into these like beautiful watercolors and, you know, all the things that he does. So that was kind of, I mean, it was, you know, the four phantoms is, is sort of like a double, a double thing where it's like, you know, my, my sort of heady bullshit on that, but it's also like the name of this really fucking incredible album by a band called bell, Witch. Um, where (laughs) where each track describes someone being uh killed horribly by one of the four elements Um, so there's that little undercurrent and like definitely wanted some aspects of that involved and like where there come metal dorks there comes you know D D. so they all just sort of fit together and we also i mean we make you know it's like weed heavy metal D D heady bullshit they all go together (laughs) fear uh all that stuff you know sort of really fits together um and uh yeah but like the D &D aspect i was 
really, really into that. Um, we had a really cool group going on at that point and it was really fun. You know, everybody I think was pretty like keyed into what was going on in that, that campaign when you find uh, a group of people that you can create with um, and sort of are in lockstep with in that way. It's a, oh, it's yeah. a really like really incredible um, sort of feeling um, to be able to create with other, other people that way. That's too cool. Yeah. So it was really neat. And then, you know, um, Danny um, as a friend sort of created all of the visual, the initial visual vibes, uh, you know, of what we were doing. And, and he and I were like super keyed in to, to the D and D thing that we were doing at the time and created, you know, there's like a whole, you know, that no one may ever see, but there's like a whole narrative behind all of these labels that we created together. And there's like separate characters and they all have names and like, there's a whole story behind each one of these things. And they all, so every one of his labels tie in to each other. Are any of those characters from the campaign you guys did, or are they complete new creations for this? <laughs> yeah. So um, it was really awesome. The first time Danny, Danny and I sort of like rolled at a table together. It was, it was a game that I just kind of put together for all of our friends. Um, Cause he was like, Oh my God, like all of our friends are so into, you know, creating, you know, we had this great group of friends that would like just make little plays you know, uh, on the fly and then invite everybody over and like kind of act them out and all, you know, kind of like press gang us and to <laughs> make, you know, being in roles in their like these <laughs> plays that they were and just like making, you know, crazy music videos and shit like that. Like, um, just a really creative, cool energy group of people. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And yeah. Danny was like, we got to get these people playing D and D and in some respects it, it stuck. And then in others it didn't, but it was a really cool campaign we had that we started. And then, so it was our friend, Jill, her first time ever playing D and D she created, you know, she was like, she didn't even look at the books or anything. She's like, okay, I want to play a swamp wish. All right. Well, that's not, that's not like an existing thing, but um, the red tiefling is her. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, and and she's like, I want her to have a pet alligator (laughs) and the pet alligator's name is Mimi. And so (laughs) that's, that's That's who was on. That's all the dirt weeds. Yeah. That's, um, that's Jill's character, Leona. Um, He created an entire character class for her. The Baroness from that label, that was sort of like one, a, a big NPC from, you know, a game that we played. And they're all, you know, they're all characters with these backstories that we just sort of like pulled out of our games and threw them all together on these, on these beer labels. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll do something, you know, something more like for Danny to kind of like flex in the future, like maybe comic books or, you know, graphic oh, wow. novel kind of thing like that. Um, we've, we've kind of batted that around a little bit. It's really fun. And it's, it's one of the coolest aspects of, of this job. Um, sometimes like when I really like hate, <laughs> <laughs> hate, like updating my QuickBooks, oh, yeah, like, yeah, the, the dumb shit, you know, that's kind of boring <laughs> and really unglamorous. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's always awesome. Cause I, you know, have email threads with all the artists that we work with, you know, creating these new things and, and stuff like that. And it's, um, yeah. And so Danny was kind of like where all that came from, um, the D and D aspect of it was just like, 
but we know we want to have some heavy metal bullshit. We know we want to like make some like stoner metal, you know, like weed references, you know, like we want to like sort of try to incorporate this whole culture into what we're doing. And, and, and along with that community aspect, you know, like all the little shows that I went to when I was a, you know, a little shithead teenager, you know, the, the guy, the, you know, the people that brought me up in that, in that music were always doing community service on the weekends. Like there was always a food can drive at the shows that we went to like, so, you know, that is wholesome metal. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just, you know, like when you're young, you think it's like this sort of like in self-indulgent rock and roll bullshit. But then Mm. when you actually like meet the people who are doing it at a local level or like at a regional level, like that's all like the most important aspect Mm. of this community. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew we wanted that to be an emphasis and then all of this other fun, <laughs> fun shit, like getting high and drinking beer and playing D and <laughs> and listening to heavy metal real loud. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God. Do you, uh, do you have a particular class that you always play for D and D? Danny actually just wrapped up the campaign that he started in 2019. Uh, 2018. Wow! Right before we moved here, um, and I was playing a hobgoblin paladin named Biscuits. Biscuits, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's who is featured on the Speed Wolf can. She she became Speed Wolf in the, oh, four, cool. in the four Phantoms. Ah, can label mythology. The canon, if you will. Yeah, the canon. Oh, oh my god! I gotta give you that one. Yep, yep. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show before or not, but if if not, it may come up as a huge surprise to anyone who has looked at me before, but I actually haven't played D&D before. You haven't played D&D? No, I've been wanting to forever, but I have not uh, I have never actually done so. So, looking directly to that sometime soon. So, maybe we should we should do a super duper superstitious. Whoa. Now that would be something that could be a Patreon perk right there. Holy shit. Wowzers. Stretch goal. Should we set up a a regular Zoom? Is it functional over Zoom to do D and D? Yeah, yeah. We there's uh, a couple of cool programs. Roll twenty is free. Do it it over roll twenty. Do it over Zoom. Why are you telling me that you are regularly available for a scheduled thing? (laughs) (laughs) I think if we could schedule it for once a month. I might, I might be able to make it work. Okay. <laughs> we could just do a, I mean, we could do a one shot for your, for your Patreon supporters. Oh, I like the sound of this. As ever, I will say that I would like to do this in earnest and I want to see if we can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, Jake is right to call me out. <laughs> I have only less and less grasp on my life <laughs> as I've gone. <laughs> I feel you, man. Oh, boy. I feel you. Creating uh-huh. a business, not a great idea. Oh, this is probably a good time to t- I don't know if I told you why. I did uh, register Super Duper Stitches as an LLC just a, Whoa, c- a few weeks ago. Limited liability, baby. Yeah, so uh, I technically have also created a business this year. That's exciting. <laughs> That's exciting. Time for the tax write-offs. That's right. I should have done this two years ago, but I didn't yep. know what that meant. <laughs> Oh That's great. Goodness. Welcome to hell. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Jake, what do we do next? Got any spooky stories or experiences, Drew? You ever have you yeah. ever encountered a ghost or seen a, a thing? You ever had a weird time? 
Yeah. Um, so I was just thinking about this. So my family on my mom's side is from the like low country swamps of South Carolina, Ooh. which is a spooky place in general. Um, when you have like, you know, Spanish moss hanging over ancient oak trees and it's just like the swamp, which are scary just by nature of existing. Yeah. My great aunt. So we, she, we had this like amazingly like sort of shabby old school, like house on stilts, um, that a Baba Yaga house. Yeah. Baba Yaga (laughs) house that my great aunt and uncle had bought, you know, before, um, you know, things walked out of the ocean. Um, (laughs) and so we would go there every summer. It's like my favorite place on earth. Um, and when I was a little kid, my great aunt would drive over there for dinner and then would get so scared telling us ghost stories that she would have to stay overnight because Whoa. she scared herself so oh, much. Oh, damn. She would, like, she would refuse to drive home. Ugh, that sounds like us. Yeah, so that, uh, that area was just spooky in general, but my, I don't think I ever really had any, I mean, that was like the gray man stories and, and things like that, that were really informed by like, deep like hurricane trauma (laughs) that existed in that area but our one real uh my, my one real experience with like true ghosts was this uh house i lived in in nashville it was in east nashville was built in 1890 um by my buddy's grandpa wow was a really great grandpa was in really bad shape but we loved it it was like it was an awesome like you're in your early 20s shithead yeah yeah (laughs) sort of sort of house to be in um it was like you know revolving door in that space um people came in and out Uh all the time Uh it felt like inheriting you know like a family home or something because you know so many folks that we knew had come through that place right and so when we moved in the lady who had been living there before or right after our buddies had had moved out um, that we took the house over from. She ran like a yoga studio out of it, but also had like lots of kids and then like left left a bunch of that shit over like in the house. So there were like Hmm. bouncy balls and busted up yoga mats and shit like left in the house when we, we took over. And um, so we, we collected all of these like little kids toys and we would put them over in the corner or whatever. And so we were cleaning the house out when we moved in, had all this stuff in the corner on the floor, and then went out to dinner and we came back. And so like, remember this is, this is a house that's like half sunk into the fucking earth. Like none wow. of the floors are level. Nothing is level in this house <laughs> and nothing like stays put, especially something that is like spherical. Right. And so we go out to dinner and we come back and one of the kids bouncy balls is sitting right in the middle of the mantle above this old coal fireplace, Mm. like directly Mm. in the middle of the mantle. And these are like these old ornate, intricately carved, you know, woodwork around, you know, those old like coal fireplaces. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's like a little, you know, mirror reflection at the top of the mantle and the little red bouncy ball is right there in the middle. Oh God. We came home and we're like, fuck man, we'll, you know, like maybe one of our friends came by or something, but we, we tried like a hundred times to get that bouncy ball to stay where we picked it up from in the middle of that mantle and could not do it. Wow. And so still have no idea 
how that happened Oof. or if it was our friends fucking with us, maybe, mm-hmm. but like the house was locked. We were gone. That was really, really weird. Wow. And, uh, our dogs who were giant fearless doofuses <laughs> at the time, we had two just big dummy boy dogs would go anywhere. They would open doors with their skulls, um, <laughs> like sort of that, like walls that didn't yeah, stop yeah. these dogs would not go down into the basement. So you walked in the front door and you would walk immediately. If you just kept going forward, there was a staircase that would go down into this like dirt floor basement, had a little gate Mm -hmm. and it was where we needed to go when they were like tornado. Oh yeah. And I would have to pick up our 80 pound German shepherd because he refused to go down there willingly. Wow. So it was that. And then the weirdest thing that happened was so we had transom windows in this place, old house, transom windows that were of course painted shut and were useless. But one night we woke up and we heard this like clacking Hmm. and it was one of the ceiling, the old busted ceiling fans in the house that we thought didn't work Mm -hmm. was on. Whoa. And the light was blinking. Oh, like going on and off and on and off. And it was like literally like comical horror movie style. Like <laughs> yeah. the fan was like, Ew. you know, rattling on its axle and going all around and shit like that and turned it off. And we could just see the light blinking through the transom window. So I came out and turned it off and it happened again. What? Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Just like weird shit like that. And there was always just that like sort of sense about that house that it was full of that kind of energy. Mm. We're like, I don't know, something, something else is like in here and it's not just the possums that live in the basement. Oh, what a creepy (laughs) feeling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was, that was like my one sort of like time where I lived in a house where I was kind of like, I think this house is like truly so a little weird here. Yeah. 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 A bit. Wow. When, when I was a little baby, my parents lived in a, in a spot where weird shit would happen. You know, my mom was convinced that like, there was some sort of like, you know, nurturing, like happy ghost. Mm. There. Cause she would come home and like all of my little baby clothes would be like folded on the dryer. Whoa. And she was like, I didn't do that. Yeah. My dad didn't do <laughs> my it. My dad certainly yeah. ain't going to do it. Yeah. So there's stuff like that where she was, she was, I don't fucking remember anything about that house. How precocious were you as a child? Did you do it? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, sort of like boss baby. <laughs> God. <laughs> I prefer to be called boss baby, please. I got I got out of my crib, put on my three piece suit, and then ironed all of my clothes and folded them. It's a tiny little three piece suit. I was a fucking boss. I was boss. I was a boss. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so definitely convinced that that house was haunted. Damn. Now, do you feel that the tavern carries any spooky charge, or is it uh no? Haunted by the ghosts of cars, right? Haunted by the ghosts of dead industries. Dead industries. <laughs> um, yeah, this building is, I mean, it's like, it's creepy on its own. It doesn't all, have you been upstairs? Oh God, there's an upstairs? No. Have you not seen it? I have not seen it. Oh, we should make a like, why it reacts. Oh God. If you guys record a cell phone video after this is over, I would be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this was a tap and die building. It's Greenfield tap and die who like back in the turn of the 20th century, 
did a hostile takeover of another local tap and die company, like all this like robber baron shit. But yeah, there are tunnels underneath this building. Whoa. For real? Uh-huh. Can you still get down there? Uh, supposedly. Um, they're blocked off from the railroad, which they used to go to. Ooh. Yeah, supposedly there's still entrances to the tunnels. Oh boy, that's spooky. Yeah, because like during the winter in Western Mass, because you used to just unload shit straight off the rail cars. Right. right. So there was a underground tunnel for like winter time. Because, oh. you know, above ground tracks would just freeze. Oh, of course. Wow. So there's some there's some real creepy shit here but not because it's haunted it's just because it's, creepy. it's just creepy yeah <laughs> just good old-fashioned creepy like there are a lot of locks on the outsides of doors mm. upstairs oh, oh, like yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty creepy on its own it is pretty creepy on its own Why reacts oh no <laughs> podcasters hate him yeah <laughs> dentists hate this one Wyatt reaction yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I can show you the horrifying upstairs of this building I'll cell phone that camera I, and then I gotta go to bed yeah for real I have to drive home and go to bed Jake Why we haven't done our ad for four phantoms for this episode yet though uh, I'm pretty sure this whole episode <laughs> is an ad for four phantoms <laughs> I had to get my copy if we're seriously doing that. No, I was just making a dumb oh, joke. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I've got nothing left. <laughs> well, thank you both for um, bearing oh with gosh. me and technology and everything to make this work. Thank you, Drew, so oh. much for being on thank this you, episode Drew, with so us. Very yeah, much, thank, thank you guys for, for having me on. Looking forward to having a live super superstitious hell yes i definitely look forward to all three of us being in the same space together uh for real we i mean we, this time last year we were i was just i mean white and i came to visit to just be in your way while you built the tavern that was fun exactly yeah, yeah we we installed our magic bar while you were sitting at the very bar that was installed yeah i yeah. tried to record a video of it being installed and then hannah and i both were standing where we thought wasn't in the way but it was actually exactly where you were trying to go <laughs> i remember you were laying down on the uh stand of the bar right i thought that it seemed like no one else was there so like surely they yeah. don't need this but just like planking is not a thing yeah. <laughs> as much as you would make the most magical bar of all <laughs> but yeah thank you very much drew we and really thank appreciate all it, of man. you listeners for listening thank you all if you are listening and in the uh general western massachusetts area go to four phantoms so we can hold up our end of this bargain and you can enjoy some delicious beer yeah and that's it bye Bye. <laughs> <laughs>